Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Duvinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, World Changers, and welcome to another episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. I'm really looking forward to today's episode, and I know you're going to get a ton of value from it. So let's talk about today's guest. He's a leadership coach who works with clients on creativity, leading the honor and the craft and the business of coaching. He's the author of a brand new book, How to Start When You're Stuck. Please welcome to the show the host of the Coach's Journey podcast, Robbie Swell. Robbie, how are you? I am good, Cliff. Thanks for that lovely introduction, and it's great to be here. Excellent. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about exactly what your business is and what it entails? Yeah, so primarily I work as a coach. And for those who don't know, I mean, most people have some experience of coaching in sport or something like that. But coaching in the way that I do it and many other people practice it has become one of the um, most widely used leadership, personal and professional development tools, if you like, as a form of one-on-one support. And what I get interested in that in as part of coaching is those things that you mentioned. So I'm interested in leadership and working with leaders. Often I find that tends to, often the question that leaders who I'm working with are asking is something like, um, I feel like I need to compromise who I am in order to get ahead. How do I not do that? How do I right. stay true to my values and still be successful? And it's not always like that, but you know, I love in that space working with people who are interested in having a big impact on the world and helping. If, if through a coaching session you can unlock, or a series of them, you can unlock an extra 5% of capacity in somebody, then if they're already in action and a successful person, then that, that can have big, wide-ranging results. So I'm interested in leadership. I'm interested in creativity. And like you say, that's the, really, that's the subject of the book that came out in December, How to Start When You're Stuck. And we, we can talk a bit more about that if we want to. But what I'm interested in there is... Um, why do people, and I include myself in this, sometimes have a long period where they really want to do something and we know we really want to do it and for some reason we're not doing it. And I'm interested in like, how do we bridge that gap and get people into action? And then, yeah, I love the craft of coaching. Hopefully that comes across in the way I talk about it. And <laughs> I, I found myself, and we may talk about this because it's in some ways it's the genesis of, of my podcast, The Coach's Journey. I found myself with an audience of coaches who liked what I had to say about coaching and, and the way I said it. And I love doing that work with coaches. They're amazing people. They're really driven by wanting to make a difference. They're often very creative people. And it can be really exciting. Them get unstuck and, and make successes of this thing that is often a real passion for them, as it is for me. So the actual business itself is primarily a combination of one-to-one -one and group coaching that I do with some training and facilitation mixed in there. And then there's a little bit of podcast income. And the new thing is the new part of my business is there's now book sale income. And that's been a fun, uh, that's, so that's new in the ecosystem of my business. And it's been interesting to realize that there's now this whole new part of, of my business, which I could sink an enormous amount of time into. And I have to work out, okay, what's the optimal way to, to manage that? So that's a new thing mixed into my business. And, and that's a little bit about me. Nice. And yeah, we'll definitely go back and uh, talk about your book. I, I would like to talk about why you'd started to get into podcasting, right? What was those events that led you to sit there and say, you know what, I should start a podcast? You know, it's a really good question. I, I was thinking about that a little bit ahead of this call. I don't think there's a like a, 
I don't think there's a simple answer. Often in my business, what I found is when I do something new, I'm trying to solve a few problems at once. Like right. My favorite new part of my, whenever I get a new part of my business, and the book is included in that, the podcast was that, I run a community for coaches, which again, we might talk about because it links in with the podcast. That was that. With the podcasting, it had, I guess it had been like in my mind. So it had been in my mind as a thing that people sometimes do, <laughs> and therefore on some level, a thing that I could do. The truth is the reason I started it was because I have a goal setting exercise that I do. And oh, nice. one year, it made it into those top five things that I was going to work on that year. And that's why I chose to, on some level, that's why I chose to do it. But on another level, there were kind of two things, perhaps two main things going on. What's the order for this? Like I had, I, I had ended up running a small group program at the time for coaches and I loved doing it. I'd run it, I can't remember, I think I'd run it once. Maybe I'd run it twice by this point. I really loved it. And I wanted to keep doing it, but it, but it was quite hard work enrolling for it. So it was like, I needed to get small group, four or six people, but a reasonable investment, I think about between maybe £2,000, so $2,500, a little bit less than that per person. I was, quite, I was finding it challenging with the way that my business worked to get three, four, five, six people to say yes to that at the same time. I, I did it kind of two years and it worked, but I could see that that pool of people wasn't necessarily growing and might run out. And so one thing that I knew the podcast would do would be, well, I hoped it would do, would be create some form of pipeline for me for that. So it was like, how am I, if I want to keep running this program, which I do for all kinds of reasons, where am I going to find the people? Like, how am I going to keep finding new people for that so that I can keep running this program, which I love doing and is lucrative for me over a number of years? And I guess in that actually was the other piece as well. So one of the reasons, so one of the things I was really looking at in my business was this concept from the, at the time, still think about it a lot, concept from a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. I love that book. Such a good book. I mean, there's, there's so many concepts in it that, that have been pretty transformational for me. But in this case, I was thinking about probably the biggest and most interesting one in there, which is the zone of genius. Yes. And, and for people who haven't come across it, sometimes that phrase is, is kind of evocative enough by itself. But the idea is, what if there's this sweet spot, which takes into account your unique mix of gifts and experiences and what you love? And what if also, when you're in that space doing that thing, that gets you the most abundance and satisfaction including of money that you could get. And what most of us do is we get trapped in our zone of excellence, which is kind of the zone below that where we're good at it, but it's tiring, it wears us out, um, and somebody else really could be doing it better. So I was interested in the zone of genius. How do I, what are the things that I would do all day if I could? What are the things that give me more energy than they take away? And I knew that talking about coaching was included in that. <laughs> and so that's why I loved that group program. And so also the podcast, the reason I knew it, I, I thought, didn't know, I know right. now, I thought before, it would probably give me a chance to do something that I would just do all day if money and time was no nice. Hopefully it was going to contribute to the business. That's one reason I started it, and particularly right. that group program, although that's not how it turned out. We can, we can get to that. I thought it would be a zone of genius activity, and by this point I was reasonably trusting that if I got into the zone of genius, good stuff would... And I had this intuition, so I sat down with my goal setting exercise for the year, which is based on a Warren Buffett story about how he worked with his, the pilot of his private jet, a story I'm sure we can all um, yeah. uh, empathize with. But it's a great exercise and, and it's trust your intuition. What are the five most important 
things you could do from this long list of goals and do right. those. And the others have to, are, are the things you have to avoid at all costs. That's the punchline of the, of the story. And I just trusted my intuition as well. I was like, this thing has been on this list. I know it's a kind of good idea. I guess in there as well was like, I know it's a good idea. I can't see anyone else doing this exact thing. That's weird. I've got a chance to be the person who does it. And so that kind of slightly messy uh, mix of things is why I started the podcast. Nice. Absolutely love it. And one of the things that I would like to do is because normally when I have somebody on the show, we talk purely about podcasting. But the bigger picture, of course, is about just creating content that is going to resonate with your audience. And I, I tell people all the time, I think podcasting is a really great relationship tool, da, 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 da. But I recognize there's other channels out there. Before this podcast, I was you know, browsing over your website, reading over your content, a lot of great, great content that's out there. But what I want to do is I want to talk about that seminal piece of content mm -hmm. that literally deserves to pro you know, probably be etched in stone because I loved it. I emailed it out. I'm working with three coaches right now. And I emailed it out to all of them because I just thought it was just really good and really yeah. good chunk of information. And that's your article about how you became a full-time coach in less than two years. So why don't you talk to us about that piece of content and the, quite honestly, the, the, the results from it, what happened to it? Talk to us about that. Yeah. Well, first of all, that's such a lovely thing to hear. What more, there's almost no greater praise for a piece of work than that someone could read it and then instantly want to share it. So thank you for telling me that, because it's really lovely to hear. And in some ways, that article really, that was the genesis of this, of this podcast as well. So essentially what happened was, like, I don't, uh, we'd have to find, I'm sure I've written about this somewhere since. I'm not sure exactly why, but I just had this kind of intuition that I wanted to write. I'd got into writing. Writing for me had been like a real challenge. I'd have to do, had to do a lot of battling through my procrastination and resistance to do it, to get to a place where I could post stuff I'd written online. In a way, that's what my right. book is about. It's the story of that. It started as a practice of how do I get out of my own way? And the practice was write an article in, in essentially ended up as write an article in 12 minutes, proofread it once and post it online. And I did that over three years. And in the end, accidentally realized I'd written a book. And that's the story of the book. But I was working on, so I started working on that. And I had this intuition that I wanted to write an article about what I'd learned in the first two years since I, I started uh, coaching. And I don't know exactly why that was. I think part of it was I'd seen other people struggling. Partly I just had this kind of creative call. It's like, I should do that. And then I hadn't done it. But what, what was happening to me a lot when I was starting my coaching business is people were canceling sessions on me. So one of the interesting things you find in a, in a business is oh, yeah. when you're starting out, right, you're not charging very much. And when you're not charging very much, the commitment that you get from the people you're working with is, is different. So I was having far more cancellations in those days and it was really getting me down. And I can't remember it. I, was, I would get really upset. I would get annoyed. I'd get frustrated. And I can't remember if it came from my coaching or this was just a decision I made. But I basically made a decision at one point that every time someone canceled on me, I would take that as a gift of some time back. And I would not, not just do Love emails. It. I would do something cool. That was my definition. I have to do something. If someone cancels, I have to do something cool. And a client canceled on me and she was actually like a wonderful client. It, it was a genuine cancellation, I'm sure, with her. And I thought, right, now's the time. I'm going to write that article about, um, about my journey as a coach. And I sat down and I think I, I banged it out in, not completely, but I probably got three quarters of it done in, that, in the time that, that when that client had canceled on me. And 
Then it took me a little while. I definitely procrastinated. I had resistance and a bit of fear about it, but I'd got pretty good through my 12-minute writing practice at busting through that by that point. So in the end, I got the article out. And yeah, like a, a, a surprising thing happened to me on the back of that. And I gave it a slightly clickbaity title because I thought that would be like it was time to get out of like... Right. It's time to get out of my own way, right? Sometimes we'll avoid things because we know they can be used by sleazy marketers, uh, like a really clickbaity title. When you, you see a title, it's so good, you click on it, and then the article doesn't deliver. But that's really different to giving it a clickbaity title that the article does deliver on. So it was I called it How I Went... How, you probably have got it there. I, I can't remember what it... I called it like How I Went... Create, how I became a full-time coach less than two years after starting my training. That was the, that should be enough. And it, it was. And I did some things to get it out there. But a, a slightly crazy thing happened with it, which is lots of people shared it. And it went, you know, we can a bit generously say it went viral. It definitely went a kind of mini viral. I think now it's probably like in the first few weeks, it we've got read like 4,000 times, which is more than anything I'd written at the time had been read. Probably It's probably still the most read thing that I've written. It'll be now be up to at least... 8,000 probably. Loads of comments coming in, loads of LinkedIn requests, loads of shares. Like I hadn't really seen anything like it. And to a certain extent, I haven't seen anything like it in my business since. Now we could talk about why that was important, but to join it up with the podcast story, I then had this audience of coaches, like not many, but hundreds who were connected to me on LinkedIn, followed me, signed up to a little to my mailing list that I had. And that in the end was what led to me starting the group program because I was and it, it and it led therefore of course to the podcast and it was in those one of the things i said i did in those in that article was reach out to established coaches and um say how did you do so like how did you become an established coach and i spotted some patterns from that and so of course when i wrote that in, so to that essentially let's catch another piece of this story because it's all interwoven when i decided to start the podcast another thread that i didn't mention before is i'd had these five six conversations at the start of my journey as a coach that really helped me know how to grow my business. And I was like, I wish I'd recorded them so that I could share them with people. <laughs> yes, yes, then everyone yes. could benefit from them. And that is essentially what I did in the podcast, right? I asked those same sort of questions. That's how it started. That's certainly what a whole chunk of the episodes are like. It's me interviewing coaches about how they got where they are. You know, uh, no longer is it really for me, although I do learn loads from it, but it's so that like there's this resource for the coaching industry so that other people can learn from the coaches. The last thread to just say in this, because I think it does again tie back. So I had all these new coaches after that reaching out to me saying, can I talk to you about how you grew your coaching business? Can I get some advice? And I was saying yes. So that then in the end, partly it showed me why I should run the group program because there's something I can offer there that people will like. But also when I was answering Gay Hendricks's zone of genius questions, like what would you do all day that doesn't feel like work? Those conversations with coaches were fresh in my mind. And one of Gay Hendricks's other questions is like, what's the zone of genius thing it's like what what's the work you've done that has created the highest ratio of satisfaction and abundance to time spent like that article was a hundred percent it like it felt amazing one-on-one clients came from it members of those group programs came from it all these connections came from it it's like there was so much abundance satisfaction in it so whatever i had done in that article and whatever i was doing in these conversations with coaches that was part of that zone of genius thing for me when I was reading over that article, of course, I'm, you know, some people say I'm a, I'm a coach. I don't consider myself to be like any kind of certified coach or official coach, but reading that article, I just remember thinking to myself that for my business, I could use that. I could use that. I could use that. 
And literally, like I got done reading your article and I thought, you know, if you just took coaches out, you could almost insert any business <laughs> into this article. And it's literally like a playbook, right? It would definitely, definitely resonate with that. And so, so what I want to do is I talk about, you know, so you put this piece of content out there. It really resonates with a core group of people, which really inspires you to, to start the podcast. What I would like to do is go back to the beginning of your podcast journey. What was probably like one of your biggest struggles when you got started? Um, yeah. So I, I, when I was thinking about that, I've been thinking about, because I've been talking about my book so much, I've been thinking about how glad I was that the podcast came after that writing practice, because I'd learned a lot from that about how to keep something going. So I've been writing a, a post a week in 12 minutes for like five and a half years now. Nice. Um, so it's like a, it's like a, an embedded thing. Th like, so I short, I shortcutted some of what would have been challenges from stuff that I'd learned already elsewhere. And that is like an underrated, it's a coaching question that I always think I sometimes ask clients that shouldn't work. It's tell me, I'm struggling to have this conversation with my boss. Tell me about a difficult conversation you've had in the past that was successful. And they tell you it and it's like, well, what of that can you apply here? And right. it almost always unlocks things for people. And you can use it in your business. You can use it in your relationships. You can use it with your kids. It's like, what was a time when I related really well with my daughter? Oh, it was that time. Can I bring that in now? And and so so it's important to say that I'd learned a lot from a un, like a kind of unrelated, but also kind of related practice that I had. But what was interesting is I still, the biggest challenge, I still ran into, which I should have better on because of that 12-minute writing practice. So the amazing thing about the 12-minute writing practice is it's sustainable because it takes 12 minutes a week. There is no week when I cannot find 12 minutes. I'm kidding right, myself exactly. if I think that's yes. the case. And yet the thing that, so like the challenge in the early days of the podcast was I was doing it all. So I was like, I was editing it. I was doing the interview. I was do editing it. I was writing the copy. I was putting it all together. And I was, I started off, I, I did a Tim Ferriss trick. So I was a big fan of the Tim Ferriss. I'm a big fan of the Tim Ferriss podcast. I remember him saying that when he first started it, he knew he had to schedule in five so that if the first one was, because he knew the first one would be really embarrassing. So he would have to schedule in a load so that he couldn't give up after one. So I'd done that. And I mean, I had five to start off with. And I started off releasing them every two weeks. But the episode was probably taking me like, including recording and editing a copy, like more than a day. Oh, um, yeah. And like, and because they're long episodes as well, which is, I love doing. That's how I, I love creating. I love long form conversations. So that's how I want my podcast to be, right? I want to create the kind of thing that I love. But it was taking a lot of time. And it meant that I couldn't focus on other areas of my business. It wasn't re it wasn't like we can talk, let's talk in a minute about whether it paid for itself. Cause there's another challenge that I had, which if I could go back, I don't know if I'd change this, but I might about, about clients and paying back and that kind of thing. But the big challenge was that I should have seen coming was it was just not sustainable. And at some point I like, I couldn't schedule in the calls fast enough because two hours is quite a lot of time to ask of someone. So you've got to like, uh, there's, it's not as easy as just squeezing in 45 minutes or an hour, which kind of most guests can do in the next few right. weeks. So that was quite hard. So the big sh shift was I moved to monthly. And at first I was like, does this, does this count? Is it enough? Right. But you know, in the long term, what I've learned from the writing practice, and I think from the podcast is I'd rather be the tortoise than the hare, if the hare would have to give up at some point. Like it's right. like, if, if I can keep going at two episodes a month forever. That is better in some ways than one episode a month. But if, right. as soon as I know that I can't do that, 
much better to carry on a month at a time than to than to burn out trying to do two and I guess the other solution that I found to that is I did in the end find people someone to do the copy and someone I only do really light touch editing on my conversations because a bit like that article I kind of want it to be as much me as possible including you know warts and all saying stupid things sometimes and all so it's light touch editing but outsourcing that also made a, a massive difference because yeah because in the end in a business in my business it has to pay like in well i felt like in the end it had to pay in some way um and yeah like i maybe maybe that's not true what felt true Ooh, it, it here felt, we go. so it's like hmm i don't think with the content i create i need hmm to know that it will pay. But I got to a point where it was taking up so much time that I couldn't afford it to not pay. Like, okay. it was too draining if it didn't pay the way it was going at two times a week. And when when it's like, sometimes I think when you're making something, when I'm making something just for, the, just for it to pay, then it's not gonna be the right thing that I'm making. But I got to a point where if it wants to be sustainable, it has to cover itself somehow. And that is in terms of the time that I invest. And then it is also in terms of the money. Basically, what you were talking about before is, and, and I want to point this out, but this was a comment that you made earlier about how uh, the podcasting has also helped you out to create this group coaching program you yeah. know, that you're now doing. So there might not be like a direct monetary benefit from the podcast, but it has opened up another revenue stream for you. Yeah, it, I'll talk, let's talk about that because I think it's really interesting. So it reminds me a bit. I once went to see Reed Hoffman talk. He was doing oh, a book yes. tour in London. Amazing speaker. So for people who don't know, he was like in PayPal at the start, and then he's basically the founder of LinkedIn. Yes. And what he said about LinkedIn, and I think you could say the same. I think Uber is probably still in this place now. Is when they started LinkedIn, they didn't know how it was going to make money, and they had like three plans. They were like, when they were talking to investors, we're like, it's either going to be this, or it's going to be this, or it's going to be this. And it was none of those, right? They right. didn't know it was going to be their corporate job search offering, essentially, that was going to pay for LinkedIn, which, as I understand it, is, is the case. That wasn't on their list. They just made it up later when someone asked about it, and then they kept selling it until it was until it worked. And they thought it'd be right. pre they thought it would be like the premium LinkedIn thing, expense to companies would be how it would pay for itself, but it wasn't. And that's essentially what happened with my podcast. So I thought what would happen is it would generate enough connections in the coaching world that I would feel effortlessly was my aim, or at least without without the kind of pressure that it took, my group coaching program for coaches as it was, which is like a six-month intensive thing. We meet three times a month. We There's a small group of us. We're going to really help them grow their businesses. Obviously, like you said, it's like it could be anyone, but it happens that it's coaches. And there's a great thing yeah. about, for, for anyone listening, there's a great thing about being in a group program like that with people in your industry because you're learning so much from what they're doing and what they're struggling with. It's a, it's a great environment to be in. It, it worked a bit. So the next year, I ran that program after the podcast started. So the podcast started in November. The first time I launched, the next time I launched the group program was January, was I sold three places on it, which was enough to run it, but it was a bit right. disappointing because it was fewer than the year before. And it and I, I think like one of them maybe came from the podcast. Now, there's like a, 
there's like the 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 kind of business strategist in me looks back on that those first few episodes and berates the naivety of Robbie of late when was it late, <laughs> late twenty how long have I been going two and a bit years so late 2019 because I designed I created from a pure place those first few episodes I thought who are the people that I would love to share these conversations with. So that I would love other coaches to be able to hear my conversations with. And also who are the people that I know without doubt I'll have great conversations with. Like I don't want early on to have any guests that are difficult because I'm still learning this thing. And so the first call that I did, the first episode, was with a woman called Katie Harvey, who was my coach at the time. Right. Now the weird thing about Katie is she's got like, she's done like 15,000 hours of coaching. She's been doing it for like years. Her business nice. is run entirely for like 15 years, 20 years, entirely on referral. Her website, I've known her seven years. Her website for that whole time has been website coming soon. In the meantime, email me here. <laughs> so it's like, she doesn't need any of that because she's so bloody good. Right. The problem is, she. I was saying to everyone in this episode, this woman is my coach and she charges less money than the group coaching program. So I, part of the, I think that if I hadn't had that episode with Katie in those first few episodes, I would have got two or three more members for that group coaching program. Now, I have a bit of regret about that. I can kind of feel it in my chest. It's like, oh, you, you absolute idiot, right? And so there's a thing here for podcasters starting out, which is there is a, like, I believe really strongly, again, that's what my book is about in, we need to make the thing that we're being called to make. Yes. And what worry about the business later, right? That's what that article did. Make the thing that you want to make and trust that you'll find it later. I could have done with putting on hard-nosed business Robbie hat or speaking to you, someone like you, Cliff, and you going, just just a sec. Do you not think maybe just be a bit careful with this, like this one thing? Like maybe that would have been better. Now I don't tend to hold on to regrets too much, but this is one that is still in me. It's like it was so annoying. I tell you, it was a personal development exercise in itself. Right. Having like two people that year explicitly say, do you know, I've just decided to go and work with Katie instead because I heard her on your podcast. And it's like, she owes me tens of thousands of pounds by now, probably. Anyway, <laughs> um, she's a wonderful woman. And I was like, the flip side of it is like the higher part of me, the deeper part of me knows I'm really proud there's almost no platform that Katie has, despite being this truly magical, amazing woman. Right. You can't find anything out about her. And, but now you can, because there's this 90-minute conversation where even clients who'd worked with her for years learned new things about her. Right. So it's like, I'm really glad it's there. And at the time, it was really difficult. Okay. Now, what's interesting is the market then worked on me. So I was then back with some problems. So like, come, come a few months later, the end of that group program, I had some new problems. One is I want to keep the podcast going, right. but I'm not sure I want to run that group program again. Now, part of the reason I didn't want to run the group program is because we were having a baby the following January. And I was like, I can't, when we've got the new baby, do the, put the amount of energy into enrolling that group program that is needed. So next right. year, at least I can't run it, not in the time that I normally run it. So I okay. need it, but I, but I want to keep the podcast going because by now we're six months into it. I know it's a good thing. I'm getting lovely messages from coaches saying, I'm so glad this thing exists. Great work creating it. I'm having a ball doing the conversations, connecting with new coaches, like lots of, uh, 
cool stuff starts to ha- started to happen. Like a woman called Marsha Reynolds, who's like a real watershed moment in my podcast, was there's a woman called Marsha Reynolds, who's like global guru's number five most influential coach in the world. Like nice. she or her PR team contacted me asking to be on my little podcast. And I was like, <laughs> what is this? I, I didn't know who she was. So I was really glad that I Googled who she was before I said, I've never heard of this woman. No. Uh, and I was like, uh, well, actually, I think I can make space for Marsha Reynolds. Um, so, so, so cool stuff was happening. And I, so I didn't want to stop the podcast. And I'd had that thought about, is this sustainable? Can I really spend either right. the day, the day, even a day and a bit a month or the, the part of a day plus the money on the other people? So how can I make this add up? And I thought about what's happening with Katie. Like, and the truth is I was being outcompeted. It's like competition in any marketplace. So it's like, what can I create that solves all those problems for me that is not, doesn't have the high intensity of, of enrolling the group coaching program because I can't do that because we're going to have a baby. Right. That will, that could in the end or will soon pay for the podcast. And that also gives people who can't afford or for whom an intense 2,000 to 2,000 pound investment is not the right thing. Because part of the reason people might not have been signing up for that is the money. Part of it is it might be the wrong thing for them. And that's where what I, that's where from that emerged. So my podcast is called The Coach's Journey. From that emerged in the end, The Coach's Journey community which has now a year and a bit in reached the point where it is I don't get paid very much. It's covering all my costs and it's paying me a bit for all the stuff that I do on the podcast. And it's replaced the group coaching program in the way that the way that I get to have those conversations with coaches. So I was able in the end to find this way and then I had to test it out and it turned out it works reasonably well. I've got a small but perfectly formed community of coaches and and I love having it. But it's like, it's a bit like LinkedIn because I thought it would that podcast would pay for itself. And I right. thought it would pay for itself with coaches. But I was wrong about how it has ended up paying for itself. And what's interesting is actually now, the guy who writes the copy for me, he I had dinner with him and he said, what are your plans for the podcast? And it actually really stumped me. So I'm now a little bit in like, <laughs> it, it's an interesting moment. I'm like two and a half years in and I'm thinking, okay, I wonder what what's the next phase of this and, and how it works. But that's quite a lot... F- from me, Cliff, in answer to a question that, to be honest, I can't even quite remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, that's okay. Uh, your your answer is great, and a couple of things I want to go back and uh, highlight from that is, you know, when you were talking before about the twenty minute writing exercise and doing that every single week for five and a half years, the lesson to r- learn from that really is is you learn consistency and the importance of consistency. Now, for you to go from two episodes a month to down to one episode is, and and I just want to make sure I point this out to the audience, is that consistent does not mean daily. Consistent does not even mean weekly. Consistent is what is consistent for you. So if it makes more sense for you to publish one episode a month, like you're talking about the amount of energy that you put into an episode, then stick with that. It's more important to be uh, consistent. One One of the crazy podcasts out there that I listen to, I absolutely love it. It's called Hardcore History. He comes out with an episode like once every six months. Yeah, but, but, it's, you know, but it's because the detail in them, right? I've listened to a few. Like, yes. it's, a, it's a really different thing to like some of the like a daily podcast like yours. I imagine can be daily because it's manageable. Whereas if he's going to yes. research the whole of the the Mongol hordes or something, then yeah, he can't bang that out in 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 a day, let alone a month, right? 
Yeah. And it's it's great too that you were able to pivot your business model and not get so stuck on having a group coaching program, whereas you could turn around now and make that into a community. And I think that's absolutely, you know, brilliant. And like you said before, and I'm going to quote Reed Hoffman on you. So, you know, he said being an entrepreneur is kind of like jumping off a cliff and building your airplane on the way down. (laughs) So what you were talking about before about just getting started into podcasting and then figure it out. How can I make this like a really viable part of my marketing? What's resonating with my audience and what are some of the products or solutions that I can make to go forward? And I, I think that speaks testaments to making sure that you're getting out there in the first place, producing the episodes and then figuring it out on the back end. What I would like to do is kind of chat for a little bit. You've created this podcast. You're doing really well. Your podcasts are just really great. There's entrepreneurs out there who are starting a podcast and they're struggling. So for them, what would be like a piece of advice or maybe a couple of pieces of advice that you would have for them? Yeah, actually, I think it, it kind of feeds into what you were just saying. It's some, so, so a part of it would be something I already said that I did, and I just think this is great advice. Make something that you love. So it's like, if you're going to do, if you're going to jump off the cliff, uh, and build what is it? And build the plane as you build as the you plane fall. All the way down, yeah. Like you've got to want to jump off the cliff. And in, in terms of the podcast, like uh, I, for most businesses, the right podcast, I really think can be can be a, a, a massive asset. And I think, but it probably is important to say you don't know how you'll make the money out of it necessarily. Like you can work with people who who do and who will tell you that who will be able to find you the advertising and that kind of thing. I've never really thought or gone into that, although I have made a little bit of money through affiliate stuff. But for me, it's if you want to make it sustainable, make something that you love to make and make the making of it an end in itself, like a worthwhile end in itself. Because then it, it takes the pressure off of like all the things that, you know, you the reasons you might quit, a lot of them are reduced if the thing is so valuable in itself. So early on in the podcast, I was I remember going for a run. It was early in the pandemic. So my podcast started in t- late 2019. So it's been going two and a half years. Early in the pandemic here, I started running again before my uh, knees gave gave up again. Oh, um, I started and, to hear that. Yeah, yeah. And, but I remember where exactly where I was when I was running and I had this thought. It's like, you know, actually, if through doing this podcast, I just became known as like the kind of person, like I don't, this hasn't happened, but it, it could. It's if I became known as the interviewer of coaches in the UK, like that would be a great outcome from this that would that would serve me in the long term, I'm pretty sure. So it's like from those two things, make an episode that I love, get it in my zone of genius, and then have that kind of outcome that comes just from doing it, then th- that's very valuable. It also taps into like, when I've been thinking about my 12-minute writing practice and and this podcast and how they tie together, one of the interesting questions is like, who do you want to become? Yeah. So like, like if you like, there's there's one for me. If I want to become like an expert interviewer of coaches, then that will happen if I do certain things. For example, if I practice interviewing coaching with my writing practice, what I really wanted to was to become someone who could share something online. Um, without feeling really, really, really scared and anxious about that. And I practiced that and I have become that. And it took, it didn't take five and a half years. It took three, maybe, to be honest, to get to that place, but it did happen. And what's magical about, what I love about it is 
if you if you choose that, then the podcast is successful as long as you practice that thing. So if you want to become something, who do you want to become? And then you make the podcast about becoming something that will help you become that person you want to become, then you will succeed at that no matter how many listeners you get, uh, no matter how much money comes in. And that in itself is one of the things that I think keeps us can keep us going when the going uh, gets kind of tough. So there's quite a lot in there, actually. But it's for me, it's those, it's like, make something, it's like, what it boils down to, make the making of it as far as you can, make the making of the podcast worthwhile, almost no matter what else happens, because that will keep it sustainable. And then trust, a bit like Hoffman, that when you've made something that in, whether it's in one month or six months, in three years with my writing practice, I was like, I've got a thing that can be a book here. It took me another two years to publish the book, but, but I accidentally made the book. I didn't set out to write a book. It's actually a series right. of books. Like I did a bit set out to make the podcast, but I didn't know that it would feed this lovely community, which now is only partly about me because they have meetups without me there sometimes. And, you know, I talked to somebody earlier today who's talking about how he's regularly speaking to a, a, a an, another person, a woman in the community. It's like, I didn't know that was what was going to happen as a result of this podcast. I just made something that felt like the right thing to make. And then I made it sustainable and then trusted that in the end, there's like a body of work there that will be valuable. And if I stop the podcast tomorrow, I won't stop getting messages from coaches who say, I'm so glad this podcast exists because it's a good thing for coaches right. that it's there. Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing when you produce podcast episodes and put them out there, unless you deliberately go out and remove them, they're out there forever. And each one of those podcast episodes acts like a little salesperson. Yeah, an investment you know, for the future. For your business. And, it, and it's, it, exactly. is, it is incredible to have a body of work. Like it does happen to me. Um, it happens with the community now. You know, I don't even need to speak to people sometimes because they feel like they know me. And because the entry into the community, I made the entry level really affordable because I was like, if I'm going to make this a thing that competes for price with KT, then actually right. I'm going to triple down on that. I want to make something so that no one, can't afford to work with me. So you can start at it for like 10 pounds a month. And you don't get you don't get much for that. You don't get you're not in every call and that kind of thing. Yeah. We were talking before we switched on Cliff about what happens if I lose my thread in the middle of an answer, which has just happened. Because I <laughs> I love I love the kind of messiness of, of like my thing is kind of better better messy than better messy than not out. That's my that's become my thing as part of my business. But yes. you know it's like what I was going to say is that when you've got a body of work, especially if it's authentic, like it's really you, is that it, it, you're absolutely right. It becomes a sales tool. And sometimes people will meet, I'll meet people now and they'll be like, I feel like I know you because I've yes. listened. They, they might have listened. Like I've got like 35 or 34 episodes now. Most of them are like at least 90 minutes. So we're talking 70 hours. So they might've spent 70 hours listening to conversations with me. Sometimes people have listened to the episodes more than once. It's like, they really do know me. To a yes. Now, there's then a challenge because if you're not showing up as yourself, that can be jarring. But as long right. as you're making stuff authentically, like it's an amazing sales tool. And yeah, we never know. Like it's. I was thinking it's a bit weird actually the other day, Cliff. I don't know how you feel about this. So I've got this. I've got a little girl, and I was like, oh, this is really weird. Unless I delete it when I even when I'm dead, but certainly when I'm fifty and she. So when, no wait, when I'm thirty-seven and she's thirty-seven. No, sorry, when I'm 74 and she's 37, right. she'll be able to listen back to me age 37 to hours of that content. That's so weird because I can't do that with my parents, but it could be out there forever and it could be paying back forever. And that's another amazing thing about the internet, really, 
is you can make some work now and it feels like a big investment, but you never know how long that investment will be paying back. Like we can't know. And that's exactly. a hard thing, I think, for a human to be able to hold in their mind or their heart when it's difficult or embarrassing or you've spent money on it and feel like you've it's a lost leader or you've accidentally sold loads and loads of coaching to your to your coach katie and you're kind of <laughs> regretting it it's like hard to hold on to that but in the higher plane i'm able to go yeah no that was a good thing to make and in the long term i think making the right making the right podcast is better than that sh- the, making the podcast that should be made is better than trying to make a podcast specifically to sell one thing because in the that might sell you the one thing now but in the long term Right, making the exactly. best kind of podcast is, is going to be the best investment. Yeah, exactly. So if somebody's listening to this and they want to find you online, follow you, check out your socials, whatever, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, well, if they're a coach, then everything to do for coaches is at thecoachesjourney.com. So you can find the podcast there. Of course, the podcast is on all the podcast platforms, um, but that article is there. I collected all my writing and the videos I've made for coaches. And like you say, a lot of that is applicable to other people too. Everything else, so the stuff about leadership, the stuff about creativity is at robbieswale.com. The book is on Amazon. It should appear in some other places soon, but that's the place to go if you want to get the full hit of this place of thinking that I've been in around small and often around embedding those habits around the tortoise and the hare and around what the transformational power of that is and also that's also the place to go the book if you are if you've got this site maybe you feel like actually you're not the entrepreneur with the podcast yet you're the like i really want to have a podcast about this but i just for some reason i'm not starting that's the place to go for that but also you can find me on linkedin if i love connecting with people especially people who have been interested in my work, what I'd say about LinkedIn is I'm a little slow to respond to requests that don't have a note with them these days because I've been added by people and then sold unskillfully yes. things too many times. So just let me know if people want to add me on LinkedIn. I don't mind that at all, but let me know that you heard about heard me on the podcast. And one of the things that I'm, because of the book, most, well, I realized is really meaningful to me is if people start things inspired in some way, even tiny way by me that they wouldn't have otherwise started. So it, I love hearing those stories. If that's very meaningful, I re, I, it's only a recent realization really about how meaningful that is to me. So I'm trying to say that because I think if I say it, more people are likely to um, tell me when that happens. So I, I'd love those sure. stories too. Sure. <laughs> and awesome. For our audience, we will have all those links in the show notes down below. Robbie, it's been great having you on the podcast today. I've really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you. Oh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I, I would have happily go for another two hours. I feel like we could, we got loads of Oh, we could about. chat all day. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Robbie, take care. Thank you. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now within the five day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.